We have Michelle Girard, Managing Director, Co-Head of Global Economics at NatWest Markets, and Jim LeCamp is the Senior Vice President for Investments at Morgan Stanley, two of the best uh, there are. Michelle Love, thank you for coming on, giving us some time. Um, Thanks for having me, Larry. Such uh, a week. Anytime. So much to talk about. I know. Everything's happening. So, um, <laughs> you know, save America, kill inflation. Uh, you, you can't, I mean, Michelle, you can't have a zero Fed funds rate and a 7.5% CPI. And even if you go to the PCE deflator, which I know is the broader gauge in the Fed's gauge, uh, that thing, the last read... I know we're a month behind, but through December, it was about 6%, as I recall. Yeah, I was going to say, there's not that much daylight between CPI and PCE at the moment, the right. two measures that we all look at exactly. So um, the fly in the ointment, the monkey wrench, whatever metaphor uh, that my old brain can come up with, you cannot have a zero funds rate. You cannot. No. <laughs> okay. And you know what? These little bitty... These little bitty one quarters, come on, not even starting yet. And Jim Bullard of the St. Louis Fed says he wants 100 basis points by July. But I like Kevin Hassett better. Uh, Kevin and I thinking they should be doing 50 basis points each month until we see the commodity indexes bending down or some signs. And we just had Steve Hankey on the show. I mean, let's face it, the money supply, I know it's an old – but still, we've never seen money, M2 growth like this. We've never seen the balance sheet as big as this. So, Michelle, I just, no. I mean, I think we got some bumps in the road coming. What's your take? Yeah, I totally, you know, I agree. The Fed is, is uh, moving too slowly, obviously. And, and I think markets expectations are still probably too low. The market is pricing in, you know, maybe 50 basis points in March and then, you know, a couple more 25 basis point increases. There is definitely, in talking to our customers, a feeling that if they do if they do raise interest rates 100 basis points by the middle of the year they may i mean i had people saying they may have to reverse course in the second half of the year they believe that that's going to kill the economy um or force the fed to you know to back off or retreat i, I or you know a reverse even and i just think that there's this you know, I just think people are not appreciating the persistence. I agree with you, um, you know, about the persistence of inflation. I think it's it's not going to come down very quickly. I think it's going to be a real issue for the Fed. They're going to have to make some tough choices. Um, but, you know, looking – Friday we had a survey, the Michigan, you know, sentiment survey. And, you know, it's, it is impacting the consumer. Uh, the, obviously, we saw a hit to the overall sentiment numbers, about six points. Eight out of ten consumers said higher inflation was the biggest problem facing the country, not employment. So, I mean, it, there is a an issue here in terms of what the Fed needs to be focusing on. And I, and I think people aren't quite, as I said, I think they're not appreciating that, even if the economy slows, even if that, and that's a question, if that would even happen. But the Fed's got to be very focused because they're behind the curve and they've, they've kind of made a bed and now they've got a line. They've got to fix that. And they don't believe it. They don't yeah. believe it. Their estimates show they don't believe it. Right. Janet Yellen says inflation is going to be 2% by the end of the year. Uh, she's a very nice woman. She was a pretty good Fed chair, but she's drinking the left-wing Kool-Aid in the uh, Biden administration. 2% by the end of the year? Want to bet? Come and, on, want to bet? 
and they think we'll get there by raising the funds rate to neutral. I mean, that's the thing, too, is, is you know, forgetting even sort of the – the near-term actions, um, you know, most market participants, I think the Fed, you know, they think just getting the funds rate back to neutral is, is going to be sufficient. I mean, we have been so far below neutral for so long, and look at where inflation is, and somehow just get removing the stimulus, like, right. that you aren't going to have to go, you know, into a restrictive stance. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's just been so long that there's, you know, the memories are just too short. Most people in the market Markets <laughs> haven't been through it like I have, and and so they just don't have a concept of How that. How about me? I lived through the seventies. <laughs> I worked at the New York Fed in the early seventies when I watched. This is a true story, and you know, and the desk uh, they used to have these green felt bulletin boards where they'd post key rates, including the Fed funds rate. And I remember, uh, I think it was seventy three, maybe it was seventy four. I don't know. Uh, I was working in open market operations in the research side, and I was upstairs during the call at 11 o'clock in the morning, and uh, they moved the Fed funds rate. It was posted at 9%, and this <laughs> nice woman that handled all that stuff, elderly woman, I can never remember her name, but she was a real sweetheart. Anyway, she takes down the 9 and puts up a 12, okay? <laughs> takes down the 9 and puts up a 12, that was 1973 or four. Now, Jim LeCamp, to you, the neutral Fed funds rate in this inflation environment is probably six, seven, or eight percent. Okay, how about those apples? Yeah, but here's the problem, and this is this is why the Fed has a really big problem. Raising interest rates is not going to fix the shortage in the housing market because there's still supply chain problems in uh, the lumber industry. Uh, D.R. Horton said they aren't building any two-story houses anymore around here because of supply chain issues. They're not going to fix the semiconductor uh, problem, the the semiconductor shortage, which is getting better, but they're not going to fix that either. The supply chain issue, and and they're not going to fix the the impact that the Biden administration has had on the fossil fuel industry. Mm -hmm. So where's inflation coming from? Rents? Uh, and energy and the things that spill out from rent and energy. So raising interest rates, yeah, it's going to cool down speculation and it'll probably hurt financial asset prices. I don't know that it fixes inflation in these critical areas. Right. Global goods orders is, was one of the big areas, too. Right, we're going to so, take – how long? We're going to take a quick break because we're running behind. Please yeah. stay with me. We're going to keep you – we're going to give you all fairs, love, and war. Here's what you're missing. Where is this coming from? Too much – federal spending, and too much money supply growth. The Fed is accommodating and enabling the government. That's where it's coming from. Take a break. I'm Kudlow. Be right back. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Save America. Kill inflation. We are here with Michelle Girard, Managing Director and Co-Head of Global Economics at NatWest Markets. And Jim LeCamp, Senior Vice President of Investments at Morgan Stanley. When we left off, I was about to spank uh, Jim LeCamp for his <laughs> As you uh, always do. for his inadequate analysis. <laughs> Look, uh, I don't deny these specific micro issues, but the fundamental, fundamental basic point here is that Uncle Sam was spending. We had former Senator Phil Graham on earlier in the show, 
Okay, this is one smart guy. Uh, taught economics for years and was the best senator uh, in the 1990s and 2000s. Anyway, uh, he is saying it's federal spending, uh, and by the way, the end of welfare reform into work, uh, no more workfare. We were spending 20% of GDP for quite some time, 20% of GDP for many years. Then comes the pandemic, and after the pandemic, I'm not going to say after the pandemic, but after the worst of it, the bills in December of 2020, $900 billion. April of 2021, $1.9 trillion. Uh, so, you know, call that $3 trillion. Two plus one is $3 trillion. And the spending hasn't stopped yet. So we're at 40% of GDP, 40%. And if that tapers down because some of these emergency programs do go away, you're still going to be at 30%. So I'm saying the following, Jim McCamp. 30% of GDP spending, which is an all-time record, the money supply, M2, up 40% in the last two years, 13% still in the last 12 months, and the Fed's balance sheet, which is the raw material for the money supply, increased by $5 trillion. Now, that has created, first of all, they've enabled and monetized the deficits, and second of all, it's created excess demand. Excess money leads to excess demand. That has made the supply shortages worse. I'm just saying, until you curb the cause, you're not going to curb inflation. It's a pipe dream. What Yellen is saying, what Biden is saying, what Wall Street is saying, come on. You're not going to – inflation's. I mean, I think inflation is going to be 5 6 to 10% in the next year or two. Okay, I'll buy that, but here's the problem. While the money, uh, M2 money supply might be skyrocketing towards the heavens at an angle of ascent never seen before, the money velocity is shooting straight down to hell at a low level never seen before. And then you run into the problem of government debt to GDP. And you run into the Japanification of our economy, not to mention the fact that we have demographic issues that maybe don't look exactly like Japan, but they're in the same neighborhood, uh, same neighborhood as Italy. And you could be going into a long period of slow economic growth, which would just mean that we're heading for stagflation. And that's what I'm really concerned about. That's probably where we're going. Mm -hmm. That's probably where we're going. Although velocity is going to solve these problems by raising interest. Bank loans are going up. Bank loans are going up. So I don't think velocity is going down in a straight line. I don't think there's any automatic one for one correlation between money and prices, Michelle Girard. I'm, I'm just saying this in a, in a sort of common sense way. You had for about, I don't know, mid-80s until recently, and that includes the uh, Fed quantitative easing after the financial meltdown in 08. But if you look carefully at this, the M2 money supply has been growing very steadily at about 6 or 7%. And it produced, you know, an inflation rate of two. You jumped that, you jumped that M2 to 13% recently. And, you know, before that it was growing at 25 or 30. 
it's just common sense. You say to yourself, this is new. This is different. This is more. And more money from more spending, you know, whatever the motives are, this is going to give us more inflation. What the exact number is, I'm not smart enough to you. Michelle, you're smarter than I am. You might have a better number. But, you know, these phony excuses uh, from Le Camp and the Japanese, <laughs> Japan and blah, 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 blah. I don't care what those guys do. All I know is money is going twice as fast as we've seen in almost 40 years. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen incredibly, you know, a real acceleration, obviously, in, in money supply. I think velocity is bounced. I guess maybe it's it depends on what you know, what monetary measure you're, you're using the velocity numbers that I have, have bounced a, a bit, you know, they've, they've stabilized off of, of the bottom. Um, and I, I guess I think the same as you, Larry, in, of course, but I mean, but stepping back, you, you've had an, inc- a period of incredibly stimulative monetary and fiscal policy and, and demand is, is, I think, got, plenty of fuel to to sort of continue to grow mm-hmm. and I, you know and I don't think that that raising interest I mean the bigger issue is is I just not sure that raising interest rates is is going to have the certainly not as quickly as as the Fed would like um, I just don't think it's going to have the impact somebody said to that, that people expect somebody said to me you know the Fed was doing everything it could to lower interest rates to get inflation up it didn't work you know what there's structurally there are things happening why do we think raising interest rates now are going to end up, you know, bringing inflation down so quickly? Like, are we not potentially going to setting ourselves up for the same head scratching that we had on the on the other side? You know, where we sat through all this Fed easing in the post financial crisis and we couldn't get inflation up, and are we now going to, you know, go through a period where even despite higher rates? Because I, I don't think it's these, you know, I don't think there, there's a lot of things going on. The, the gains in inflation are too broad-based, I think, to pin on any right. one thing. I right. think it's something more fundamental. That's key, just what you just said. And I just don't know if it's a mindset change now. I mean, one of the reasons perhaps that inflation stayed low, curiously, quite honestly, in my view, I mean, I would have thought we had more of an inflation problem in the post-crisis uh, period, mm. was maybe this, you know, again, nobody believed inflation would go higher. It was kind of that. But but now that genie has been released from the bottle. And so my concern is, is that a very different mindset has taken hold, and it's going to be very difficult to, you know, to sort of get, you know, to get markets and companies and consumers to to sort of buy into, again, this idea that, if, that prices aren't going to, you if, know, if what, you had a, rise. If you had a diffusion index for the CPI, you would find prices are rising almost everywhere. Yeah. All right. I, how many prices are in the CPI, Michelle? 5,000? Thousands, but, I, but, Thousands. but it's and even at the highest, you know, at the higher categories, it's. I mean, at, at a higher level of category. I mean, is. I mean, Jim, as you said, I mean, it's it's housing, it's the COVID things like airfares and used car prices. But you know, medical care was up a lot this month. Mm. Recreation services. I mean, I think the services side. It's been really goods that have driven inflation. The services side now is the you know economy, but, and then get into the summer and things. Yeah, but they're open. coming I, on. Services, yeah, prices, so, yeah, it's rent, it's used autos, right? Uh, Take it's a look, J- Jim uh, LeCamp. Services aren't as much. Jim but... LeCamp, let me let me hear. I'm going to teach you something. If inflation is tapering down, you're going to see it in important 
market price indicators. Okay, I had, Michelle, you'll love this. I had Bob Heller on the show last night. He was Reagan appointee to the Federal Reserve Board in the 80s with Wayne Angel, who's Mm -hmm. all our dear friend, and Manley Johnson. And they operated a price rule. And Heller laid it out brilliantly last night, very succinctly. He said, money supply is, is growing too fast. That's why the commodity indexes are still rising. We had a little bit of a pause at the, I guess, the end of 2021. But now, year-to-date commodity indexes, I'm looking at the CRB spot commodity index, the thing's taken off again. And the Bloomberg commodity index has taken off. So Jim LeCamp... Uh, what I don't, you know, whether I don't really have that much interest in Japan. I'm looking at dollar-based commodity price indexes, and they are showing that inflation is getting worse, worse. Uh, I agree, they are, and I think they're it's going to be stickier than ever, than most people think. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, what I'm saying is that they better be careful about raising rates too much because raising rates isn't going to fix these supply chain mm-hmm. problems. And raising rates is not going to fix the energy problems. I tell you one thing that is uh, going to uh, uh, start to uh, impact inflation, and Ten that seconds. is personal savings rates. Ten seconds. Jim LeCamp, are you buying or selling? Jim, Jim LeCamp, are you buying or selling? One uh, word. Selling, except I'm still very long on energy. Michelle Gerard, bonds <laughs> over 2% permanently, 10-year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't prove it, but we're heading over 2%, and we'll, we'll stay there for the next, I think, couple of years. You 2%, hell, we're going to 3%. Thank oh, you, kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're going to 3 and sky's the limit. Thank you, kids. You're both great. Michelle Girard, Jim LeCamp, my uh, compliments and respects to the great government of Japan. They're an American ally. <laughs> Their economic story has nothing to do with ours.